When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Ed Gross and this is Vampires and Slayers, the podcast devoted to the undead and those who wish to return them to the grave. In this episode, we're talking to Dark Shadows actresses Catherine Lee Scott and Laura Parker. One of the things I think was so innovative about the show, and again, I don't think it gets the credit for it now that it probably did then, was taking your cast and say, we're going to go to 1795 and everybody's going to play ancestors oh, or different mm-hmm. characters. Do you know how that happened? So innovative. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you that really uh, a quick story because it, it happened because um, they – I came to the studio one day, and uh, and I saw our producer, uh, Bob Costello, and, and June Polio, the costume woman, working with this clothes dummy, putting a, a, a dress on her and a wig, and she had fright makeup on and so on, and um, green light, and she was on a dais. They were filming it, and I said, what's that? And they said, well, that's the ghost of Josette Dupre, which had to do with that that mysterious portrait that right. suddenly appeared over the, the mantelpiece. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they said, what do you think? And I said, well, I think it looks like a clothes dummy. And so for that, I got to stand in for the dummy at no extra pay. Of course. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so Vinny Lascalzo, the makeup man, put this on me and the, the costume and whatnot. And I got up there. And because the fan was blowing in my face, my eyes watered, I held my arms up. And and it was so effective that Dan said uh, that he wanted me to play Josette. And ABC said, you can't have the same actress play two different roles. And Dan said, why not? Why not? And, uh, and he always said that. That was his answer. And, and uh, he said, the, I'm going to trust the audience to follow this. And they did. Suddenly, yeah. there's mm-hmm. Maggie Evans transformed into... You know, the, the 1795 Josette, and then everybody followed. I mean, uh, Angelique and Barnabas, uh, everybody played three, four different characters. I ended up playing four. Laura, you played how many? Oh, probably about three or four, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a repertory company. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, it's very endearing to the audience to get to see actors playing different roles. I mean, it was just one of the, one of the many, many charms of the show. And um, very smart on his part. Also, when you died, you'd be going, this is my last day. No, Don't worry. You'll come back. You'll be back. You'll be back. Because your character is so popular. You'll be back in some other form. And... uh, and that's sure. actually how Laura and I got to play those first scenes as Angelique and Josette. Right. Uh, and the, uh, and speaking came, French. Yes. You came on the show when? December, which... About six months. Six months, that's right. 
And so it was it was six months later, uh, and I was on the very first day that uh, Jonathan came on the show, and and that was our turnaround. Uh, that was when that was when the ratings took off because mm-hmm. those first thirteen weeks were really rocky. And uh, but the show was yeah. very good in the beginning. It, it was just didn't take off. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. But it's really if you go back and watch those early shows. Oh yeah, it, it was subtle. And more intellectual and more sophisticated. Oh, yeah. And we had Mitch Ryan on yeah. and yeah. and some of those. They, and we carry- jump at it, you know. Oh gosh, our uh, movie star. Mm-hmm. But when uh, when Jonathan came on, he he arrived in a character fully formed. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. And he showed up with the, you know, the the spiked hair and the, and the uh, wolf head cane, the cape, everything that we came to know is as Barnabas. Uh, was there. Yeah. Uh, the reaction, I have to say, uh, going along with what Laura said, we were pretty proud of what we were we were doing. And um, and now to be told that we're going to have a vampire on the show, I remember Joan Bennett, everybody thought ghosts and ghoulies and what oh, next. Oh, now it's disgusting. This is silly. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my silly. God. Now we've turned into a Kitty Fright show. Um, and uh, Jonathan won the day. Uh, we were on the air with our enormous cult success because uh, of what Jonathan created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, too, is, that, you know, we were talking about those flashback things. The beauty of 1795 is it allowed him to become that sympathetic character mm-hmm. because suddenly you saw him before he was a vampire. Before the curse. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly now you understand why he is the way he is. It, it was amazing how it filled in yes. so much and made the audience fall in love with yeah. the character even God more. God bless I him. I, I miss him. I wish he were here with us. Uh-huh. I, I mean, he was just – and that wonderful voice of his. Yeah. Yeah, he Absolutely. was he was darling. You know, you know, we were talking about the fandom. The thing I'm very curious about is – because I never traveled from way down in Brooklyn all the way to Manhattan where you guys shot. But when kids started showing up outside the stage doors, what was that like to suddenly have this crowd of people? Because that suddenly just kind of happened, didn't it, after the show Well, if I, if I were on the subway platform when the kids got out of school, they would start screaming. Yeah. And they would run to the other end of the platform or up the stairs to get away from me. I took my kids to the baseball game. Whole group of people, and then everybody's shouting and and not coming for an autograph, but fleeing because I was <laughs> because I was the mot, you know, I was the witch. I could I did these horrible things to people, stuck pins and dolls, and made people choke and die, and and uh, and. But on the other hand, as we said earlier, you know, they loved my character because she was she was tough and strong. Right. Yeah, and I have to say. Uh, I've always thought the Dark Shadows fans were sort of a cut above. Uh, from the, <laughs> they, they they are. They're, I think they're they're attracted to the many elements that we've already uh, addressed. Right. Uh, they the the show's content appealed to them and the characters and so on. But um, from the very beginning, they were incredibly polite. I remember coming out and, in you know, they'd have their autograph books and everything, but it was always Miss Scott, Miss Parker. Oh, I know. They, yeah, it was just we've never breathless. in all of, all of it, yeah. our exposure through the, the, the conventions. I don't think I have ever experienced a moment of rudeness. Wow. Yeah. There was, a, there was a period of time when we had a couple of bodyguards. There were, you know, some of the conventions, the show was still really popular and thousands mm. of people showed up. And they'd say, you know, 
make room for the stars. Nobody touch the stars. <laughs> and we burst out laughing. <laughs> right? Make room for the stars. No, it was it was funny, but I, but no, we we our our Dark Shadows fans are truly a cut above, and and we know them as a firsthand basis. Oh yeah, with ghost friends. Yeah, now that, they that uh, we see every year. Yeah, yeah. It, and and that's really lovely. I I feel like they've you know kind of grown and up of course, with us. There are probably twenty or more clubs active on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, oh, and groups. by the way, can, let me let me throw this in because this is really important f- yeah. for for the younger actors on the show. For me, it was my very first professional job, and uh, one of the wonderful things is that the Dark Shadows fans have stayed with us uh, no matter what else we've done. And this was this was the beginning of our careers, mm-hmm. so they've been supportive of everything. And whether it's, you know, the books that Laura and I write or it's the other shows that we've done or uh, whatever, um, you know, that's that's part of who they know as mm-hmm. as, right. as us. Yes. And that's that's really nice. We're not stuck in aspic. Oh, no, absolutely. They, <laughs> yeah. they go along with it. Yeah. You know, what, what you're talk, we're talking about the whole fan thing. and You said there's active clubs still. And earlier you mentioned the, the film. I do have to ask this question. Uh the Tim Burton movie, first of all, drives me crazy because he and Johnny Depp said it's based on the, their memories of Dark Shadows. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I searched every memory cell I have of Dark Shadows and it did not match that movie at uh-uh. all. Uh-uh. Uh, but more importantly, it seemed like it was an opportunity oh, yes. to invig- reinvigorate the Dark Shadows fandom. And it kind of dropped the ball because of the way the movie was received. Did you feel that frustration or did you even Terrible think that? Terrible frustration. Yeah. The first 10 minutes of that film were so promising. Yes. And uh, uh, let it be said, however, uh, that the Tim Burton film made a lot of money. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a, the loser that I mean, perhaps some people think. It lost but money, actually. Created, it lost money. Uh, but it did not overall. Hmm? Not overall. Worldwide, that film. Yeah. But anyway, that's almost beside the point because it will not be remembered as a, as a success. No. And uh, Well, the tone was wrong because uh, it, it was, was a send-up. It, it, yeah. was, it was a joke between the director, the actors, and the audience. And as I said earlier, that we didn't do that. We didn't have a vampire that hung from the chandelier like a bat. Right. Oh. No, he was... A, he was a it, sophisticated, it like, yeah. intelligent man that would never have done that kind of It felt like uh, a Saturday Night Live Skit. sketch. Yeah. yeah. And that was the bigger problem. The characterization, first of all, how many daytime television shows have giant movies made, million-dollar movies? One. Okay. <laughs> so now we need to rest on our laurels. But on the other hand, we had as many Dark Shadows movies in the works as Pirates of the Caribbean. He could have taken that franchise and turned it into something that was really remarkable. But instead, they chose a different tone. And that lack, I think, of the mystery and the commitment and the reality of our show, the lack of those things, it was, it was you know, it was just too bad. And it also, <laughs> there was not really a story. No. And the thing that made Dark Shadows so good is the stories were they were really well written conflict on every page and carrying you through as you said to the next day and the next day and the next day you wanted desperately to know what happened next you didn't want to know what happened next in tim burton's movie 
You just knew it was going to be another set piece with, you know, her face was going to shatter right. or some amazing thing was going to happen. But you're not gripped by the story, which was the most important thing on Dark Shadows. The lovely thing is that uh, Tim Burton did invite Laura and David Selby and Jonathan, me, um, to to uh, play little roles in it and um, cameos. Um, it was the, the, the last thing that Jonathan Fred did. Yeah. And it was wonderful to be together again. But when I, uh, I remember Laura and I walking onto that set and looking around, <laughs> and uh, it was so elaborate. And uh, the, the, the money spent in an hour of that filming would have paid for <laughs> a week of dark shadows. They and had it a was, harbor. Yeah, they, they had, had a harbor, harbor with, with water boats and boats. Dot, yeah, boats dotting it. And, and you could, but here's the real essence of it. Uh, Laura, are you going to agree with me with this? I felt a bit of cynicism uh, among some of the people that we spoke to who mm-hmm. were playing uh, really? you know, the, our roles. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some, just a uh, you could feel it, and I, my heart sank. Um, I just kind of, I just kind of knew. Yeah. Yeah. It well, yeah. Helen and Bottom Ronan Carter, who was so friendly, she came and talked to us. And she was just a doll, you know. She said, "We just can't understand why Tim would want to make this million, millions of dollars movie on this little soap opera," you know. Thank and you. Know, I wasn't going to mention names, but <laughs> you know. And then, and you know, Eva Green. I, we met her. She came out, and she was very gracious. And she walked the red carpet with us. And she was just, she's just beautiful and wonderful, you know. And I just, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if she said, "You have any, you know, tricks up your sleeve? Any advice on mm. how to play this character?" Because the way most of the characters on the show were played was with an understory, you know, the depth to them. I mean, Angelique was vicious, but she was also had a broken heart and was in a lot of pain. She loved somebody desperately who, you know, seduced her and abandoned her. I mean, big stuff going on there. Yeah. Eva Green, meanie, 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 meanie witch. <laughs> oh, I'm a witch, so I'm going to be really, 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 really nasty. And that's not the way to play Angelique, and that's not the way Barnabas played the vampire. Right. And it's, I mean, I think that all the characters on our show had amazing amount. The other side was always there, kind of, you were aware of it. And because that's what literature is. There's an understory. So I don't know. I, I, I was thrilled to be there. We expected to have some kind of a scene with lines. Oh, man, that was like some cameo. <laughs> well, no, no, we were think, holding him up. Yeah, I yeah. think, I really think that we would have uh, had more to do. I think uh, Burton did want to do more. but I do, too. You know, it was the, it was the end of it for Jonathan. Yeah. He was frail and uh, a little bit uh, confused. And he did two takes and, and said, okay, well, you've got it now, and, and started walking off the set. <laughs> and I, I think that that was kind of the end of it. I mean, you know, looks were exchanged, and that was it. Um, well, there's a lot riding on it. Sure. And yeah. they didn't think he could carry it, whatever they had in mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he could have. But on the other hand, he, you know, when he stood, you had this long, long ways between takes. Lighting, oh, sure. discussion. He's standing there 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He wants to sit down. He and, wants you know, to. And the, the, yeah. the, the gal who was the stage 
Manager said, would you like a chair? And he took his cane and he banged it on and he said, I don't need a chair. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> because he was, you know, he'd yeah. been humiliated. And that's, you know, that's when I saw some looks go back and forth. They go, oh, maybe he's not, he can't be, he can't handle it. Yeah. And I was, was crying yeah. on the way home. I thought we were going to, such a big deal to take us all the way to London and to, you know, Pine Tree Studios. Yeah. And, and Pinewood. On, Pinewood Studios. But, you know, on the, on the, there's two sides to everything. Sure. And really, it was it was a Put great experience. Nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely true. But that, but that leaves the question, and and you know, and this is what I was saying. You could have given the franchise a shot in the arm and kept it going and reinvigorated the original series and oh, all that. Oh yes, absolutely. Had, had it done right. So so the question becomes: You have a, like a documentary like Master of Dark Shadows. Okay. Now that's a great way to reintroduce people. Maybe people who don't know it to familiarize themselves what Dark Shadows was all uh-huh. about. What is what? What can be done, in your opinions, to sort of keep this thing going beyond the original generation that grew up with it? Well, it's going to take a very fresh new look, and uh, I, I don't know. Some somebody will come up with that. Uh, we've all made our suggestions along the way, uh, but it uh, unfortunately, uh, perhaps Dan himself uh, could have done that. Uh, he um, maybe should have. <laughs> uh, when he had the chance. Well, uh, I think by the time something. they got a script, yeah. and there were many scripts written for the film. Yeah. yeah. By yeah. the time they got a script, he was gone, right? He was gone. And he and wasn't in control of no. the decisions that got made. No. But here's the thing. There is somebody out there that sees the show, loves it for the first time, or has loved it for a long time, that sees the possibility. Yeah. It would be a great series. Yeah. There's so many, I mean, there are years and years and years of plots and, and stories. And, and by the way, how many other shows have come along that uh, are, have been done by people who are, uh, who were, who grew up on Dark Shadows, uh, um, Buffy the Vampire, all of those, all of those shows have been done by, by people who were, quite frankly, and they admit it, influenced. Alan Ball. Yeah, yeah all yeah. of them. Um, influenced by Dark Shadows. Um, uh, a couple of directors have, have spoken to me about that. Um, uh, just the use of special effects, the characters, and, and so on. So somebody's out there, as Laura says. And a lot of the narrators on this documentary are famous people that love, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, love Dark Shadows. Yeah. Who is it? Ian? Who's doing the narration? M- McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah. Alan yeah. Ball. um I hope what comes across is the uh, incredible genius of, of uh, Dan Curtis. I mean, yes. it, we started this uh, the same year that Star Trek started. In fact, I'm, I mean, it's, I'm Star Trek too. But Gene Roddenberry, uh, you know, was a, w- w- created something unique. Dan Curtis did too, one going ahead in time, one going back in time. But mm. they started at the same time. And uh, if only <laughs> uh, Dan had maybe mm, pushed the boundaries a little bit more and, and gone in the direction of all of the things that, uh, you know, the other show did, Star Trek. Mm. They even reinvented that show. They've done prequels and, you know, done all kinds of spinoffs. And it's a hugely successful franchise. Um, another aspect you haven't really asked us about what Dan Curtis himself was like. And one of the things that uh, perhaps doesn't come across as enough in, in the documentary is that this was a volatile man. 
this man was seized with creativity, mm-hmm. and uh, and that um, uh, I, and it was and he was a powerful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, his shoulders. He was a Leo. He was a mm-hmm. he was a lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that was the other thing that uh, that kind of. Uh, particular charisma that he had mm-hmm. was hugely effective in making all of us just want to please Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was intimidating, he was gruff, he was loud spoken, he knew what he wanted. And he he would say, you know, this kind of thing, dark shadows, is not easy to do. Not everybody knows how to do it. It's not horror. It's gothic romance. It has depth, and he would, you know, he'd kind of shake his head because he, a lot of times, he didn't feel like people got what he did. Right. Yeah, I I, I worked with him in, um, in fact, one of the one of the things <clears throat> that we drew on for Dark Shadows um, was the um, uh, turn of the screw, and when uh, in London um, I did turn of the screw with Lynn Redgrave. And playing Miss Jessel. And um, and it was the first thing that I, I filmed in England. And we were way up north uh, working, of course, with an entirely English crew. I think I was the only American in it. Um, and we were in the middle of a, a, a scene. It was an outdoor scene. We were losing light. And the AD called for a tea break. Well, Dan blew up. What the insert word uh-huh. uh, is a tea break? And, I mean, all heck broke loose. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was one of those things where there was utter silence, and then, Mister Curtis, it's a union rule, mm-hmm. and Dan flapped his arms and drink your tea. <laughs> Sounds like something Dan Curtis would But do. I just, I just, I just howled with laughter. I mean, it was, it was just too funny because, of course, I'd, I'd known him for a good four, four years working. Uh, th- that, I, I, we all have our stories and I, of that volatility, that, uh, that creativity on fire. Um, I, I, I hope there's enough of that in the documentary because it's key to this man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, to wrap this up. He was one up, of those really what? fascinating guys. I oh, mean, yeah. It's you know, one, you know, one of a kind, really. Absolutely. When you look back from, you know, the start of 1966, here we are in 2019. Overall, when you look back at the whole shebang of Dark Shadows, I'm just wondering what each of you are left with feeling-wise when you look back at this whole thing. Gratitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a word. <laughs> no, I, 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 it was my first professional job. And when it was over, I went to California to be a movie star. I had everything I needed, right? You know, experience and big, nice eyes. and So I did, did a lot of jobs on TV. But, you know, after about 20 years, I went, oh, it was the best, best part I ever got. Angelique was the best. You know, enabled me to write the novels. It gave me a following that I still have. And uh, it was a wonderful part. And for me, Dan Curtis was the chief catalyst in my life. The very first professional job was Dark Shadows. My first job filming in England uh, was Dan. My first job in Hollywood, that was Dan. And he nurtured me. He nurtured my career. Uh, When I started writing uh, books, uh, he was hugely supportive. 
Um, he's he he. I I I wonder if he isn't still on my shoulder. Mm. So when I say gratitude, it it it's uh, my career is Dan Curtis. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. Lots of gratitude. When Dark Shadows went off the air in 1971, television was never the same, which made this trip back to those days extra special. Well, we hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, give us a five-star review, and tell your friends about us. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you before the next sunset.